1: good are words without action? The answer is no good at all. Now, when we studied 1 John, remember this one? 1 John 3, 17 and 18. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need, but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other. Let us show the truth by our
0: Pastor Mark begins today teaching by asking us, How do you know that you're really saved? Really born again? Really for sure you're going to heaven? These are questions that we should all take a good look at and take the time to answer. Do you believe in God? Do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He's divine? Do you believe that Jesus has all power and authority? Do you have complete confidence that God will do what He said? These are the first steps to having the kind of faith God talks about in the Bible. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of this broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in the book of James, chapter 2, verse 14, with part one of his message entitled, Real Faith is Never Alone.
1: We're going to talk about faith and doubt. We just continue where we're at in the book of James. Anybody here ever have any doubts? Yeah, right. Yeah, I doubt it. I doubt it. No, you have. How do we get through those doubts when we're supposed to be people, really, of faith? How do we do it? Well, as you know, my background is medical, pharmacy. I came across this article, which I thought was amazing. Look at what I put on the overhead. It's kind of the headline of the article. Online buyer beware. Dangerous fake goods thrive on the web. All kinds of things. Now, you know, if it's a purse or it's a knockoff shirt or pair of big deal. But when it's medicine, listen, about half of the drugs sold on illegal websites they say they're the real brand, that conceal their geographic locations. You don't know where they are. They're half, they're counterfeit. Half, 50% are half. They are not real. Say with me, real. They're they're not real. That's what we're going to talk about today. Now, one of the major drug manufacturers, you'll know the name, Pfizer. Listen to this. This shocked me. The drug maker Pfizer says its medications are faked. In other words, someone takes them, matches them, fakes them, puts their name on it in 107 different countries. That's impossible for us to even think about, isn't it? So that's what they fight. And because of that... Many of them are actually hazardous. It's not like they're just like a sugar pill. Let me read to you true story. I bought these pills on the Internet, and in a few days, I had heart palpitations, numbness within my left arm, severe eye pressure, headaches, perfuse sweating and chills, and many of them end up in the hospital. Well, you and I want to know when you take a medicine, well, that it's real. That it's real. James is going to talk about not medicine this morning, but James is going to talk about how we can evaluate our faith, making sure it's real, but not just real faith, but real saving faith. Would you just turn to your neighbor and say this? Real is really important. Go right ahead. That's it, Vieira. Real is really important. watch. Watch what James begins. He's going to talk about faith, different kinds of people that say they have faith. One of the groups of people he's going to talk about, I put it on Facebook this week, is demons and Satan. They have faith. So I'm going to ask you these questions. Watch this. This is good for you because you and I will share with lots of people who think they're believers because they have faith. Well, here's the question. How do you know you're talking to somebody? How do you know you are really saved and for sure you're going to heaven? And they answer you these three questions. Number one, well, I know that because I believe in God. Number two, I don't just believe in God. I believe in Jesus who has all power and authority Yeah, that's right. That's good. And number three, I believe that Jesus is the Son of God and, and he's divine. Those three answers are fantastic. They're correct. Now, if you give those three answers, that puts you in amazing company in our world. You see, Satan and all the demons believe those same three truths. They have have faith in those same things, but none of them are saved, none of them are born again, and none of them are going to heaven. So what is James trying to say to us? Well, James has been teaching us, know the word, do the word, follow up. It's, It's not just a mental, actually do the word. And then... He taught us no favoritism. We're to love God and we're to love our neighbors. Love is a verb. It's action. And then we, we, we learn that real love will prove itself because we obey. Jesus said, if you're really my follower, if you, if you really say you love me, you will obey. You will do something. So James begins with this rhetorical question. He has a number of them in our teaching this morning. And they're, they're all about one word faith. Let me, let me give you a definition of faith so it will help us as we move through. Faith. We're talking about spiritual faith now. All of us have faith. When you came in and sat down this morning, you didn't ask somebody to check your chair to see if it would hold you. You just believed it would, and you sat down. That's fine. When Linda and I get on the plane, I'm, I'm praying. We're not going to Malaysia. I'm praying that we're going to be okay in, the, in that seat, okay? Now, here, here's, the, here's the Christian definition of faith. Faith, complete confidence, 100% confidence, that God will do in his word what he said, what he promised. He can't lie. So I just believe whatever God says, he's going to do. So we begin in verse 14. Watch. Again, rhetorical question. We already know what the answer is. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith, but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Now, let me show you. Would you write this down? This will help you as you go through. What does he mean by deeds? Here's what it means. In other words, if you say you have faith, real faith is is going to have some evidence. It's not just a mental thing. It's not just a spiritual thing. There's going to be some evidence. There's going to be some actions in your life. There's going to be some good works. There's going to be some spiritual proof that can be seen. Let me read it out of the New Living Translation. Same verse. Listen. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? can that kind of faith save anyone? Well, of course, the answer is no. Now, why would James be writing this? Let's see if you remember who James is writing to. Anybody remember who James is writing to this whole, these letters? Who? Let's go back to James 1, and I'll start over again. Those of you that didn't get it right, you must stay after, and I'm going to teach you the next 17 lessons to get you up to speed. Who's James writing to? He's writing to Jewish people who have what? Become? I'm helping you. They become what? Christians. Believers. They're scattered all over the world. Now, before they became a believer, as a Jewish person, what were they taught to try to do? Keep the law. 613 of them. How many know they failed? Just like you and I would fail. They tried to prove they were good enough. Now they learned they were saved by faith, grace, through faith. And here's maybe why James is addressing this. Because some of them finally go, whoo, No more pushing those good work things to try to be right with God. I'm already right with God. There's freedom. This is fantastic. Now I don't have to do anything more. You say, well, people wouldn't talk like that. We have tons of people you'll see today that say they're Christians, but there's no evidence. There's no good works. There's nothing to show that it's an ongoing relationship. It was like this event, and they just go back to the way they used to live. So James is writing this to say to them, whoa, 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 whoa. And he just says, if that person says they have faith and they don't have any works, is that really saving faith? So notice what we see. What good is faith without works? The obvious answer is what? Well, it's no good at all. It's not really faith. Can faith without evidence save that person? Well, no, it can't save that person. So James is talking about salvation and works. Now, some people think that James was saying this. We are saved by works plus faith. That's not what James is saying at all. You'll see that later. James and Paul definitely agree we're saved by faith and faith alone. Now, some people have a lot of fun with this passage because they think James puts his gloves on. And Paul puts his gloves on, and they're fighting about this. Paul says, faith alone. James says, no, faith plus works. You'll see later, they're just talking about two things. They agree exactly. Both of them understand this principle. So take the gloves off. It's not a fight. We'll see how it goes. Look at verse 14. Look at it. This person claims to have faith. They say they have faith. They say they're a real believer. You know, people can claim anything. We have friends, and maybe some of you are here this morning in our campuses, and basically you say, I'm a believer. But as you go through this, you're going to go, whoa, well, like, wait a minute. I don't have any, I didn't change. Well, then you can say anything, but unless you do something to prove that your faith is real, it isn't saving faith. This man that James uses, he has nothing but a profession of faith. Now with the people in Orlando, you know, we're 250 people, whatever, that made professions of faith. Were they all saved? Well, maybe for a moment, you'll see this later. But is it important that we try to show them it's a lifestyle, not just an event? Is it important? Yeah, you'll see later in Mark chapter 4, I'll talk to you about that. We try to go immediately, get them into the No grow, go class we try to get them hooked up with other people that know them so they can begin to come alongside them. That's what James is doing. He's writing and saying, hey, you went back to wherever you're from and you're a believer now, but there's more. There's more. You can't just say it. There's got to be some proof. Now, no doubt James heard Jesus say this statement. And what you're going to see in this statement, he either heard him teach it or maybe around the kitchen table, having falafel one day or whatever with Jesus, he heard Jesus say this. Now, this is Jesus talking. This isn't James talking. Watch at this statement, Matthew 7. Not everyone who says, doesn't matter what you say, the medicine, oh, it's real. Really? No, it isn't real. You can say whatever you like. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, pretty good words. Not everyone will enter the kingdom of heaven. Not everyone who says they're a Christian is going to go to heaven. Well, Pastor Mark, what are you talking about? Notice, but only he who, say the word with me, does. Only he who has evidence, proof, fruit, action. And in this case, who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. The next verse, you don't ever want to hear the next verse. And Jesus says to them, Depart from me. That's their end. They live separated from God forever. Why? Well, they said it. They may have convinced themselves, but they weren't really true believers because their faith wasn't saving faith. Now, we have an illustration then of kind of how that works. People say things They say the right things, but there's no action. Look at verse 15. Just an illustration. Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to him, so here's a believer who sees another believer who doesn't have adequate food and clothing. If one of them says to him, you you see that, and you go to him and say this You, you say to him, hey, I wish you well. Keep warm. Be well fed. But, notice the word, but does nothing about his physical need, what good is it? Another rhetorical question. What good is it? It is no good at all. See, here's, a, here's another believer who, who sees this guy in need, and he comes and he does what? Hey, give him a nice pat on the back. Man, I really appreciate that. I understand you have that really need. Let me just tell you something. You know, God has promised to provide your needs. I mean, you can read the scripture. He will do it. No good thing with he will hold from you. And so I just want to encourage you today. Have a nice day. See ya. Well, what's the deal with that? You see, if I have the ability, what should I have done to that man? Helped him somehow. I can't help everybody, but God put him in my path. So is that man's faith? Doesn't matter what he says. Nice words. No action. So... What good are words without action? The answer is no good at all. Now, when we studied 1 John, remember this one? 1 John 3 17 and 18. If someone has enough money to live well and sees a brother or sister in need but shows no compassion, how can God's love be in that person? Dear children, let us not merely say we love each other, let us show the truth. By our actions. You see how that's beginning to fit together? Now, look at verse 17. James continues. In the same way, faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, say these last two words, is what? Is dead. It's useless. Is dead. James says this faith is dead. It's profitless. It isn't saving faith. It's fruitless. There's no evidence. There's no evidence that it's real saving faith. James says this. Faith without works is simply dead. But real faith is alive and consistently expresses itself through action. Now, don't mistrust what I'm going to tell you here. Again, let me just say this to you. When we get to the end, you'll understand this. James and Paul as all the Bible, simply believe this. We're saved by faith alone. No question about it. But watch this. Notice where James is going, and you'll see later Paul goes to the same place. Now, here's what I want you to write this morning. Here in the commons, in the cafetorium, those of you watching online, and, uh, and in the there, understand this statement. Write it down. Real faith is never alone. It's never alone. Now, it's going to be alone. When you ask Christ into your life, basically. But the minute you begin to leave that, it's never going to be alone. There will always be actions, works, and fruit. Now, James isn't saying, you're you're saved by faith plus works. No, he's not saying that at all. But he's saying, eventually, faith never stands simply alone. It never stands alone. Now, let me give you an example how this works. Any of you ever been uh, accused of having a big mouth? Can I, can I, see, can I see your hand? This pill's for you. This pill's for you. Now, if this pill is a real pill and you have high blood pressure, you have high blood pressure, okay? If this is a real pill and your blood pressure is 140 over 100, that's why you're on blood pressure medicine. Because eventually that will kill you because of your heart and your arteries. If this is a real pill and you, you take it, and six hours later you take your blood pressure, and it's 140 over 100, what would you say about this? It's counterfeit. It's not real. It didn't do its job, its work. There's no proof. That's what James is talking about. But see, if I take this and it's real... About six hours later, or whatever, my blood pressure will be down to maybe 110 over 90 or something like that, whatever. Some range that you can kind of almost live with. See, that's why you must take blood pressure medicine your whole life, because it's genetic. And it's also something that can't be solved, except some people, if they lose enough weight, can really reduce that. And sometimes it goes away, but most people can't do it. So they go, well, I feel good. I just take my medicine. No, if it's real, you're going to have to constantly take it. And what James is trying to say is, look, if this medicine's real, it's going to prove itself. There's going to be a change in you. If my faith saves me, there's going to be evidence. There's going to be proof. So watch this. Write this. I think that made sense to you. Look at this next statement you need to write at our campuses. Actions, good works, and fruit are the proof that our faith is real, saving faith. I'm not saved by those. But it proves. That medicine, if it's real, six hours from now, it'll have an effect in my life. It will show itself to be real. Now, let me read to you. When Jesus was here, here's kind of a summary. In the book of Acts, Luke writes it like this. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. Now listen, listen. And he went around doing good. A real Christian, a real Christ follower that has real saving faith, there's gonna be a lifestyle that looks like Jesus. And when Jesus began to take those people and say, Follow me, what happened? Their lifestyle changed. The woman caught in adultery, her lifestyle changed. The woman that had been married five times and living with somebody, her lifestyle changed. Eventually, Nicodemus, his whole lifestyle changed. You see, when we're following Jesus, were to become like Jesus. So if you and I say we have real saving faith, and you look at that person months, years later, and there's no change, there's a problem. Listen to Spurgeon. Of what value is the grace that's received at salvation, I profess to receive at salvation, if it does not dramatically change the way I live? And then Spurgeon says this, it will Never change my eternal destiny. What is he saying? Spurgeon says, if you claim that you're a Christ follower and you're saved by faith, but there's not a change in your lifestyle, you've never really been saved. That faith isn't real. Now, you don't need to write this down because you know it. But this this is where we think this when we're talking to people. I think this. Watch this statement. Real faith results in a real change lifestyle. You cannot meet Jesus and have a personal relationship and there be no change. So after listening
0: to Pastor Mark's teaching today, can you say that you know whether you're saved or not? He started today's message with a checklist for you. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in Jesus who has all power and authority? And do you believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He's divine? This is the only way that you can live eternally with Jesus in heaven. Works alone will never get you there.
2: You've been listening to Lessons for Living, the teaching ministry of Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Each day here on Lessons for Living, we share messages that Pastor Mark taught at the main campus in Melbourne. That's 866-779-3441. Or log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the link to the church website.
0: Now, the next time you join us here on Lessons For Living, Pastor Mark will show us that while we may desire to do good works, they alone won't get us to heaven. Only a relationship with Jesus will allow us to live eternally with Him. But when we have the true faith, good works will come out of that lifestyle change. Actions, good works, and fruit are the proof that our faith is a real saving faith. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right.
1: have seen and our ears have heard, His Word made flesh in a hurting world, a new hope He is giving, Lord let us hear your lessons for this.